G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. We're going to be talking about business today and what's different about a business that's run by a Christian. Well, on the face of it, you might be thinking, I didn't know there would be any difference. Isn't business business and church church? Well, as you may know, there have been significant developments in the way that Christian business has begun to galvanize in Australia with recognition of the significance of a business with a kingdom purpose. So you're a Christian business person. What's different about your business? What's so significant about the new level of integrity that enters the marketplace when there are business people who are submitted to God? Is it a guaranteed recipe for success? I guess that means that you have to ask the question, what does success mean? Or is it a bigger challenge than some business people are prepared to face when there appears to be a growing sense of even corruption and the rise of secularization in the workplace? Not so easy to be a Christian today. Well, we'll talk through some of these issues and you'll be able to have your say as we open our talkback lines on 1-800-316-316. Our special guest is Wes Hone, the founder of Kingdom Business Summits. He sees his mission or his assignment as teaching Christian business owners how to build influential businesses. And so a special welcome back to 2020 to you, Wes Hone. Hey, Neil, it's great to be back with you. Uh, Wes, you've just completed a five-week journey uh, catching up with people who are connected and supporting and a part of your Kingdom Business Summits. Uh, got you today on the line from Port Macquarie, one of my favourite places, I must say. Yes, it's a, it's a beautiful sunny day. It's a balmy 26 degrees and everyone in town is happy. Okay, so you've done a walk of the main streets and you've checked out uh, perhaps some of the businesses that are happening there in Port Macquarie and uh, and it looks like a thriving little metropolis. Is that the case? Yeah, more so than it used to be in years gone by, that's for sure. I mean, being a small town, it still has its challenges, but um, summer is obviously better for a town like this. Uh, Wes, on your travels, uh, let me just, before we get into our topic today, uh, let's check the pulse of perhaps some of the business people that you've been talking to over the past five weeks of your travels. Uh, are business people feeling as though things are buoyant at the moment or is there a certain sense of pessimism about how business is going? I mean, retail trade, I mean, you hear all sorts of things in the media about uh, what might be happening with Christmas retail trade, those sorts of things. Uh, as you sort of check the pulse on, on how things are, what's, what's your general overall impression? Um, generally, you know, people are very, very positive. Um, and, and I think you would be, um, if you looked like at the macro economy, I think, I mean, I've just, so literally last week I was in Perth. That's probably the, you know, the hardest state to do business in for the last, you know, six to 12 months. And they're pretty excited. Um, so yeah, I think it's generally, I think, 
Um, I think nobody could make an excuse around economy. I think I think if a business isn't performing, it would be mostly because of either behaviour, activity level, uh, or industry. So, like you said, retail. I mean, retail is is getting squeezed because of online, uh, and that was always going to happen. So that you know that shouldn't be a surprise to anybody because the internet was always going to take over, and we're just starting to see the you know the start of that journey now. And when we talk about, uh, interestingly, uh, these sorts of, uh, you know, whether people are feeling good in business or not, a sense of optimism, is this sense of optimism something that you might expect to discover in a Christian business person, or is it just a matter of uh, different personalities, whether you're Christian or not, you might be optimistic, you might be pessimistic. Is there a certain sense of prevailing optimism, do you think, that, uh, that Christian business owners sometimes have? Well, I certainly have it. You know, I don't subscribe to um, to the you know the macro economy generally. I think you know, as I read my Bible, I I hear about times of famine where people massively prosper through the grace of God. So, so I think there is um, a subculture that we tap into as believers in business that flies in the face of conventional economics. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think we can afford to always be uh, an optimist, especially in small business, because. You know, anybody doing less than, you know, less than $25 million um, is probably only ever getting, you know, less than 1% of the market share. So they could go and get double the amount of market share and it still wouldn't make a difference. So they're the kind of things that small, that's the beauty of small business is that there's a massive upside regardless of um, economy. And how much do you think of that is based on the faith of the business owner? Because uh, there is a sense in which some people might say, uh, as I mentioned in the introduction, uh, business is business, church is church. Uh, we try not to mix the two, and somehow or other some people have some difficulty actually thinking about their business as being a spiritual pursuit. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on that idea? I think it would be crazy to be a believer and not be a believer in business like you know, to have a separation between our business and our church life. That, like, to me, that's, that's crazy. Like, you know, if we're prepared to believe the unbelievable and believe in a virgin birth, <laughs> then we should probably take that kind of craziness into every world that we're in, including business. Um, you know, the, the, we've done a very good job generally across the faith of dividing sacred-secular, um, and, you know, that flies in the face of Psalms that says it's all God's and it all belongs to Him, so it's all one we would do well to take our faith into our church life, into our business life, and and do it radically. I, I, I don't see any point in being a believer and being radical on Sunday, but then being a business person and not being radical Monday to Saturday. That, 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 that's actually the most unsafe way to grow a business, is to be half committed in business. Uh, get to that point where you might uh, get to a, a tipping mark of being the sort of test the waters with your faith in business uh, and being that radical Christian business owner. Uh, is there a is there a place where you find and now you've been running these Christian uh, uh, Kingdom business summits now for a number of years and I'm, I've read some of the testimonies there on your website. Uh, there is a certain sense, isn't there, in which you warm up to these things, but then there comes a point where it's like a tipping point where you say it's all in this is God's business it's a kingdom business and then uh, it's like he takes over the reins is there a particular point was there a point for you um, yeah when I realized that it was all going way too slow and I realized that I wasn't all in um, you know this is right back in my early business life once I became to Christ 
um, I just went with conventional wisdom, which is I'm a businessman Monday to Saturday and I'm a Christian on Sunday. And although I probably didn't see it that diverse, you wouldn't have known that my business life was as radical as my Sunday life. So I decided to throw that, throw caution to the wind. I don't think we want to test the waters. I think we should just make a decision, you know, to spend a huge amount of time in prayer and a huge amount of time in listening to God and a huge amount of time in seeking him on all small decisions and, you know, acting according to what Proverbs says, even though it may not make sense. Like, just because that's the only way that heaven matches our actions, and that's when you'll see supernatural. If we just kind of take a Christian veneer over the top of our business, you know, heaven can't really get involved as much as if we just get full on. And when we get full on and we go all in, then that's when you start to see the crazy stories that we hear about that, that other people seem to have, but we can have them ourselves if we, if we just fully yield it all. Wes, give us an in a nutshell update on the Kingdom Business Summits. You've got, as far as I can see, four planned into the new year uh, in various states. Uh, you started these only a few years ago, and there's been a dynamic growth for these Kingdom Business Summits. What it means, I guess, is that Christians are, in fact, very excited about getting together and being a part of a Kingdom Business pursuit. Give us an in a nutshell overview of how things have begun to develop. Yeah, so um, so we do these once a year in each city, and they've grown. I mean, the first one was 2012 with 28 people. Uh, this year in 2017, we went to four cities and we had 1,560 people. And 2018, we'll be in four cities again, and we'll have more than 2,200 people attend across across those four cities. And the whole premise is we want to teach the practical things that matter, like how to run Facebook ads, how to do marketing, how to do sales, how to recruit. But we also look at the spiritual aspects. How do we carry ourselves as believers? What does it look like to have a spiritual covering? Um, and, and, you know, how do we actively do this thing called, you know, a kingdom business? How, how does it benefit? Who do we fund? All those sort of things. And we put them together. Are you getting bigger venues for next year? Because as I recall earlier this year, when we were doing some updates on the Kingdom Business Summits, uh, there were people who were making inquiries and uh, there were some of your venues that had sold out. Uh, are you doing the same venues or is there an expansion for next year? Uh, yes, yeah, so we don't, we don't charge for tickets, so we didn't sell out, but we were full, so you're right there. Um, so, so for example, Melbourne this year, we actually closed registrations 11 weeks out because we were full. Um, so yes, we've gone bigger. So Melbourne is at the convention center next year. It was at the convention center this year, but we've gone for a much bigger room. Um, Gold Coast convention center again, uh, next year for the Gold Coast, which, which will have 800 people in it. Um, and, uh, yeah, and then, you know, big, big event. Sydney's actually the same event and then Perth, we're going to a much bigger event. So, yeah, we just keep growing year on year in terms of numbers and, you know, it's a real blessing to be able to have that many people and, you know, to be able to speak into their lives and, um, next year we actually start every city with a night of worship. So it's two and a half days. It's an evening of worship and an opening address for me. That sets the tone to go into two days of business training and then we finish with a time of ministry at the end. And while we're talking about kingdom business being different, I mean, there'll be a lot of people who might be listening to our conversation first time they've ever heard of these kingdom business summits, but they've been to business seminars and summits before where there's been a bunch of motivational speakers paid a huge amount of money to rev everybody up in a business sense. Uh, how does a kingdom business summit look compared to perhaps one of those or some of those sorts of 
similar sorts of things you've been to that have been about secular business? I mean, firstly, we'll probably try and rev them up as well because everybody needs that, you know, that bit of inspiration, that bit of motivation from time to time. Um, the, the biggest difference, of course, is we're not charging. So this is the, the way we're leading off is trying to be practitioners of what we teach, which is it's a kingdom seminar. We'll fund it all. You guys just come, you know, and, and train and, and so forth. Um, the other thing that's going to be different is, is the fact that, you know, it's, it's just a totally focused on God event. We, we are, the outcome of the Kingdom Business Summits is so that we can change culture in Australia. We're not running them for the sake of running events. We're running them so we can train up thousands and thousands of Christian entrepreneurs to use their business for influence so that we can start to lobby and change the culture in our world, however big that is, our local community, our state, our nation, however our businesses grow. Like we're doing this because the end game is to change our culture and make Earth look more like heaven. So, so just I think just that alone is different. I'm not, you know, we're not teaching the people that come how to be happy and prosperous. It, it's far more challenging than that. We're teaching them how to grow a business so that they can bless others and and, and get away from the Babylonian system of self interest. And when you talk about building culture, changing culture, then that's a challenge, isn't it? Because the Christian business person that says, oh, I hear a few uh, little truths and things that uh, filter through the pastor uh, when he or she is preaching at church on Sunday and I apply those in my business, a little bit different when you're talking about a, a gung-ho, uh, all-in, radical transformation of the way you do business because uh, you're talking about a whole new culture which is deeper than just a few little thoughts that might filter through. Totally, and 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 getting getting valuable information on a Sunday morning is wonderful. And like we all need a pastor, you know, that 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 at least celebrates the fact that we're in business. They don't necessarily have to understand it, but they they should be praying for us in the marketplace. But but they but they certainly don't have an anointing for how to run a business. They have an anointing for how to pastor and, and to lead in the church setting. It's our job as business people to look at the culture that we've got, which is based on self-interest. The whole world is, is, is corrupt. The business world is corrupt, and it's based on me instead of you. And the whole gospel is, is actually you instead of me. It's preferring others. So it's our job um, as Christian entrepreneurs to actually operate in the opposite spirit and go in and do the opposite so that, so that we actually start to rewrite the way business is done. And, and in Australia, I mean, if, if this is fresh, this has been happening for five years. And actually, we are starting to see a huge amount of fruit of people that go all in and then, you know, heaven matches us and, and we start to see a huge amount of influence. And yes, it's early days, but, but it's already working. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020. On Vision. Our special guest this hour is Wes Hone, the founder of the Kingdom Business Summits. He sees his mission or his assignment as teaching Christian business owners how to build influential businesses. He's also author of the book Supernatural Business, 12 Practical Strategies for Bigger Profits and Greater Influence. Wes, as we're into this topic today and talking about the difference, kingdom business is different. What are the things that really come to mind for you or what stands out when you're standing before a a bunch of Christian business people and they're wondering uh, what you're going to say is different? about being a Christian in business? Uh, what, are the, what are the key things that, uh, that are top of the list? I mean, yeah, I think there's probably a ladder of, of, of things that matter, you know. I mean, there's obviously honesty, truth, integrity, you know, paying tax, not taking cash, treating people well, all those sort of things. But I think they're like 
they're like the entry level thing that I, I would assume we would all probably understand. Um, I think if we were to go at a high level, one of the hallmarks of a kingdom business is that it was set up for the benefit of others. So, you know, you go through a phase where you, you make money and you, you become profitable and you invest back into the business. Uh, and then, you know, you look after yourself by drawing some wages and you set yourself up in your family. But, but beyond that, there's got to be benefit to other people. That's the opposite spirit to the self-interest world, which is, you know, me at any cost. So whether that be, you know, funding some little projects or, or you know, giving money to a ministry or, or something like that, it, the, the premise of the business has to be that other people benefit as a result of this business. And when you say other people, and you mentioned perhaps giving to a project, uh, you've also got customers and you've got staff. As a Christian business leader or owner, you actually have a number of different levels of influence there, and and uh, being a Christian affects your relationships on a whole lot of levels. Yeah, and so influence is another area. Okay, so so you know the world is interested in self promotion. Me, me, me. Aren't I amazing? Isn't my status really, really good? Aren't I the man about town? The kingdom is different. It's it's influencing others. So influence starts at home with our with our you know family. Uh, it moves on to our business. So you know influencing our suppliers, our customers, our team, and then it moves out from there to our community, to our state, to our nation, to the nation. So so yes, influence is an important part of the process. That's one of the hallmarks. Do do we use the influence that we have today? Whatever level it's at, doesn't need to be huge. It can be at whatever level. Are we are we serving on the parent and future committee? Are we you know, are we part of, are we, are we speaking at the council on some issues? And, you know, if, if we all did that around the country as, as Christian entrepreneurs, we would have a huge amount of influence and we would be able to shape the way policy is made. So, so influence is a hallmark. It's, it's not just about turning up and making money and giving it away. It's also about who are we influencing on the way through the journey. And of course, people talk about leadership and the link with leadership is influence and it doesn't necessarily mean that you are the person up front being the mouthpiece but it's the person who is a part of the whole and when you've got a growing uh, a, a growing consolidation of Christian businesses the influence continues to grow so just being involved rubbing shoulders with other Christian business owners is a part of that influence. Exactly. Like, even just as a, a really tiny example, um, you know, one of the people in our world, Evram, she's has a sports store in West Australia. She really caught this message, and she is teaching a group of people starting this evening. This is just one little example. Starting this evening, she's teaching godly finance to the to a you know to a room in a, in her lounge room of, of people that that don't understand what that looks like. So she's, you know, she's using the influence of the people that are in her world to go and train them on how to. God say we should handle our money and things like that just to help them out so they don't rack up the credit cards and don't, you know, buy houses they can't afford and, and just basically how to manage it from God's perspective. So, you know, that's she's running a sports store and yet she's she felt on her heart to go and to go and talk about that. And I guess that's what I mean. It's about yes, you've got a business, but where is your influence coming from?
You must hear a lot of stories, Wes, because having now done these Kingdom Business Summits for a number of years, uh, the people that have come through, uh, you've kept contact with so many of those and uh, lots of them, I imagine, coming back time and again for these Kingdom Business Summits. Uh, Are there some success stories you can point to where uh, we can see what's happening like in the life of that uh, that woman who uh, you're just mentioning about the sports store? Uh, What sort of other stories are there that you might be able to share with us? Yeah, there's a woman that owns a printing business in Brisbane, and she felt it was her ministry to help women of South African families assimilate. So she's making tea and having high teas for women of South African families and, and helping them and ministering to them and, and, and so forth. There's, there's another guy in Brisbane who uses his business to buy breakfast. Uh, and last year, they did a, a run where they, they organized breakfast for 800 schools, you know, all at one time. Um, you know, there's, there's people that are funding projects overseas like water wells and, and orphanages. There's, there are people that are funding projects or helping people with palliative care have a better life and have dignity at the end of their life. I mean, these are just the ones in our little world. I mean, there'd be far more out there. Well, I want to invite listeners to join in our conversation. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. If you're a Christian and you're in business, uh, you might like to contribute to our conversation. What difference does it make uh, that you are a Christian business owner? What are the challenges? What are the difficulties when you hear of and you know of uh, levels of corruption that seem to happen in business more and more? Perhaps things getting tougher. You might like to be a part of our conversation on 1-800-316-316. And uh, you might have your own uh, in, in your own uh, uh, extra addition to uh, how that being a Christian in those environments actually makes a difference. Or does it make it harder? Well, you might like to join our conversation, 1-800-316-316. Uh, sometimes people say, I'm too busy with my career to have time for God. Uh, people do have a very busy business life. Uh, making your career a kingdom assignment, that really is something you've got to be quite determined, uh, quite intentional about, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I think if, if there's no time for reading the scriptures, for listening to God and for praying, then we're doing it wrong. Um, if, we, if, if we profess to be a believer... Um, and yet we don't do those absolute elementary basics of our faith, then don't expect, you know, any kind of supernatural prosperity. Don't, you know, it, it'll just be, it'll just be our own effort that'll, that'll get us wherever we go to. You know, we, we really need to build those foundations in. And, and, and that's the beauty of the kingdom. It's, it's counterculture. So you would think, you know, I, I mean, I used to think, I used to think that, hang on a minute. I mean, we run a consulting business. So I'm trading time for money. If I took time out of my day, to read the scripture and to pray, I'm losing productivity. But the irony is, as I decided to do it anyway, other ways of prospering came up. I changed the, the business model, changed the delivery, gave me ideas on, on how to do it. And every time I put more and more committed time to, to prayer and to, you know, to, to reading and searching scriptures, our business has prospered, and, and more and more so. And, and, and that's that unconventional wisdom. I, I just love the, the fact that the kingdom is like that. But but says. He says, you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. We have to lead that journey. We have to be the ones that make a decision to go, okay, I'll put you first and I'll go full on and let's see what happens. We're taking calls, 1-800-316-316. Let's take a call from Angie in Bunbury in WA. Hello, Angie, welcome along. Hi, um, I've never done this before. Um, I'm just interested um, because my husband um, and I have a business. Um, He's a mechanic. 
and he does a business from home. And we believe that the business is our ministry. Um, we live in a pretty low socio-economic area, and we 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 provide a, a cheap service. So he just pays, he charges a low rate, and he helps people who really can't afford to go out and get a mechanic. And he makes sure that their their cars are safe. And um, this helps our community in in the, our local community. And um, we we. We think that's how we're helping out. Angie, great thoughts. Let's get a response from Wes. I mean, what you're doing is obviously wonderful. Um, And and I guess that's where the, you know, that's the the influence that starts. Um, In terms of making a decision to have a business model that is really, really cheap um, is wonderful. But I have a big question mark on whether it can ever grow because obviously I wonder if there's enough left over to invest back in the business to grow it. Um, and, and there would be nothing better than being able to offer what you're offering and still have a business model that can grow and multiply. Um, well, but I mean, having problem. said that... Yeah, we don't know that, how to do that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, that's going to take probably a little bit of business training to, be, you know, to get to that point. But um, I, I would suggest to you that the fact that you've even got a heart that says, I want to serve my community means that if we can change the business model, then the amount of people you serve will be 10 times as many, and that would be amazing. It would be. It would be. Uh, while we've got Angie and while we're talking about mechanics and lots of listeners will know, well, we used to have a great mechanic and uh, he charged low prices, uh, but then somehow or other uh, he wasn't in business uh, for as long as what he could have been. So uh, charging the low price is not always uh, the best business model, but obviously being available for people who really have a need, then that's a, that provides opportunity for a ministry role, doesn't it, Wes? Yeah, I mean, the, the rule of business is the cheapest goes out of business first. But um, obviously, the difference making here is that obviously God's going to be getting involved in this one because it's all about people. It's about helping and serving others. Um, I just think that there, there could be an opportunity to have a two-tiered business where you do have that for, for a group that can substantiate the fact that they need it, but that you do have another arm to the business, which isn't, and then that provides all the profit for you to be able to you know, do a better job, employ more people, serve more people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wes, let's continue to take some calls. Let's hear from Maria in Western Australia. Hello, Maria. Welcome along. Uh, hi, Mar- uh, hi, this is Maria. Hi, Maria. Hi. What are your thoughts? Well, I just wanted to ask, Wes, uh, what advice can you give Christians who are thinking about starting their own business? Okay, simple, uh, but uh, a big question in some sense. Uh, Wes, advice for Christians who are thinking of starting their own business? Well, we could go down. We could go down many, many avenues here. But uh, just to give you some, um, first and foremost, if you're thinking about starting a business, go with what you're already good at. I do meet some people who they they start, you know, their first business is one that they've actually got to learn the business products and service themselves. And so now you've got everything against you. You've got the fact that you've got to learn business, but also the product. So I'd just go with what you already know. That that would make life a whole bunch easier. Um, I think it, it's so much easier from the start to build on great foundations than it is to try and bring those foundations back when you're busy. So I would be setting my diary with, you know, it, it might be early, it might be 5 till 6.30 a.m. Uh, and 8 till 10 p.m., but that's going to be your prayer time every day and reading and listening and, and worshipping and so forth. Um, and uh, And then my other real practical advice would be run really hard. Don't don't give it a shot. Don't say I'll give it six months. Don't say 
um, you know, we'll, we'll have a go at this. I reckon you, you just got to go all in from the start. So every spare dollar buying customers, um, building the business, investing back in and, and, and running at it really hard. Don't get distracted by trying to do all the other rubbish things around the world, like trading in Bitcoin and buying investment properties and share trading. Just run at your business and not let anything uh, distract you from doing it. Maria, is there anything else you're able to share with us uh, with your thoughts about doing something in business? Uh, is there any particular uh, track you can you can tell us? Um, not really. I mean, I'm just praying about it to see how God's going to lead me into um, the area. I do want to spread the word of God, so I want to use that to do my business, like what Wes was saying, um, somehow um, in, you know incorporate that into the business basically so you know you when you come across customers you actually um are telling about jesus basically so i just wanted to see how to incorporate that uh right from the beginning you know whichever for me for me if i can just add in i mean it's not always commercial to tell everybody about jesus when they're buying from you um sometimes you just show them the kingdom of god in such a way that they never experienced it before and then they ask you know what's different about you um you know, I think there's a time to be covert and a time to be overt, and we need to be led by the Lord on that. You know, if we, we okay. there are businesses that try to be a mission before they're a business, and they fail quite quickly. So we just need to find that nice balance between, you know, just giving people an expression of the kingdom by doing business with us and yes. telling them about Jesus when we feel led to. Maria, is yes, that helpful? Yes, that's very helpful. Thank you. Thank you so okay. much. Okay, thanks. Thank you, Maria. Uh, just before we leave this topic alone for a moment, uh, the idea, if we're talking about Christians in business, and uh, as you seem to uh, put the record straight there, Wes, uh, when you're a Christian in business, it doesn't mean you have to put some sort of a fish symbol on your uh, on your uh, business signage uh, to tell everybody that you are a Christian. Uh, really, it's uh, as you're saying, it's a better expression to uh, work your business with the sort of integrity and with these biblical principles uh, rather than uh, just do something that sort of, you know, puts a label on you. Well, that, that's right. I mean, I mean, God didn't do it. When he created the horse, he didn't put a Jesus fish on the backside. So, like, he didn't have to label everything. We just look at the horse and see that it's majestic and give glory to God. So, so we, we can run our business in the same way. You know, we can just pay our accounts on time and communicate with people and love them when they come in and be interested in them as a person as well as a customer and treat our staff like we actually care about them and see them become better people while they work for us. Those things are going to do a far better job of advancing the gospel than being like everybody else but putting a Jesus fish on our business card. You know, we've, we've all seen the Jesus fish on the back of the car that's cutting everybody off in traffic. Business can be the same. There's no point in advertising Jesus if it doesn't line up with the, the feel and the vibe and the experience that people have. Okay, you can be part of our conversation on 1-800-316-316. Our talkback line is open. Let me ask you to clarify here too, Wes. When you talk about being gung-ho, uh, don't just give it six months. Get in there, boots and all. Uh, we're talking about radical business that is run on a Christian ethic. Uh, you know, you're before God. You're prayerful about your business. You're You're all in, as you've been saying. What about this idea of you know, scheduling time for your spouse and for your family. If you're feeling like you've got to be this sort of business person that's putting in a 12 or 15 hour day, someone's going to suffer in your family. How do you like to uh, advise Christian business people about how they assign their times that protect the things that are important as a Christian? 
So one of the hallmarks of a kingdom business is that it does protect the family unit. And this is something I've actually had to learn. This is not something that I read. I actually got this really wrong when I first started, you know, when I, when I got married and, and, and had our first children. I was, I was doing it wrong. This is how I've, I've learned to do this. Um, I, there's going to be times when we have to work 12, 15, 18, 24 hours a day. You know, like every entrepreneur should pull a three-dayer at some point in their life just because that's what gives you your character. But, but, and, and it's okay to be out of balance for a period of time, you know, weeks or months, but, but we've got to come back to you know, what matters most, and that's our faith and our family. So, so, you know, we just need to be able to have a structure. We need to look at our life and say, okay, what matters? It's time with my spouse, time with my kids, going to church on Sunday and building my business. Everything else needs to be parked for the next 36 months. There's no golf. There's no women's club. There's no nothing, you know, because every time you add something into the mix, you know, serving on the ministry team, serving on the board, serving on those things. Every time you do that, somebody has to suffer. Something has to suffer. You, you fraction everything, right? So for me, I don't do anything. I don't, I don't, I don't play golf. I don't, I don't, you know, have a business is a hobby for me. So, so I, I'm either building my business, or I'm with my wife, or I'm with my kids, or, or we're all going to church, and that's my entire 168 hours. <clears throat> um, because we need to, we need to honour those people that are closest with us. So. And, and then the other way to do it is you've got to communicate regularly. You've got to be able to sit down with your family and say, hey, guys, I've got a massive two weeks coming up, but at the end of it, we're going to have this time off, and we're going to go for breakfast on Saturday morning. It's going to be beautiful, but you just need to kind of extend me some grace. And then everyone's all cool with it, and then you've got to live up to that by giving them the time back at the end of that two-week period so they can see that, you know, that, that it is a journey. And, and the reason why we need to kind of be that clinical is because it's four, it's four years before you build anything great. You know, a lot of people say to me they'll give it a year in business. I'm like, well, that's crazy. You, you didn't you didn't learn a trade in one year. You know, you, you learn you learn your trade in four years, and at the end of year one, you had some skills and you earned no money. So why would business be any different? So so we're going to have to do that long haul, which means you need to sit down with the family and 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 honour them. And you know, we just can't do what the world does, which is like park your family. I'll come back to you when we when we're rich. It, it, it just takes too long. The whole thing implodes. Uh, let's zero in here, Wes, on the local church, because as a Christian business owner, as someone who is a kingdom business entrepreneur, uh, you're not going to be separated from the local church and uh, the the initiatives, the philosophies, the understanding of what it is uh, to be, you know, a, a Christian person. Uh, how do you talk about the uh, the relationship that you have with your local church and and your responsibility to the local church. Yeah, I mean, first and first and foremost, though, I, I think the gift of business, the anointing for business, is a gift that's first and foremost to the marketplace, not to the church. So I think, you know, I, I think, you know, like in my, for my example, my, my pastor is, is my biggest champion. He's like, I don't want to see you at the working bee. I don't if you've got a business to build. I don't want to see you serving this stuff because that's what you're called to be in the marketplace building businesses. So. So having that champion is, is the ultimate. But, but the flip side is, although our gift and, and our skill is, is to the marketplace, we won't do a very good job if we don't have a local spiritual covering. Okay, So for most of us, that's a church or a pastor who would, who would be our spiritual father or our spiritual mother. And the two are perfectly symbiotic. So you know, the, the pastors need to be actively praying, breaking bread, interceding for their business people. So praying that their business people go into the marketplace, prospering, winning deals. 
the business people go into the marketplace having that spiritual authority covering them as an act of warfare, and then they prosper more. They do better deals. They win more contracts. They win proposals. So they build a profitable business. Their duty then is to take the spoils of the, you know, the fact that their business is prospering and bring them back into the church to make sure that the vision and the spiritual covering is financially strong. So then you end up with a perfect loop because then the pastor is more incentivized to come back out and pray for their business people and to see, which means they build a bigger business, which means they bring those spoils back into the church. And, and, and it's just a perfect loop. And, and, and biblically, we can see it in, um, in Exodus 17, middle, 12, something like that, where um, Joshua goes to battle, um, Moses lifts up his arms, and when he gets tired and drops them, Aaron and her come and hold them up. And that's a picture of the, you know, the priests, the high priest, and the marketplace working well together in, in symbolic relationship. And, and that's what we need to do today. We need to build businesses, fund our spiritual coverings, and enlist our pastors. So from a pastor's perspective, there's really no point in fretting about the, you know, the tithes being down or the offerings being down if at the same time we're not covering our business people who are the economic engine for our church. You know, they go hand in hand. And there is a certain sense in which you reshape the culture of your church if the business people in your church become like the front line of the impression that your church brings into the community, the idea of an influence in the community. If you've got uh, businesses within your local church community that are running businesses of integrity, they care about people, they're uh, they're contributing into the challenges in the community, they've got projects that they're, uh, they're supporting, then they're bringing, as you say, uh, that support back into the local church. There's a certain sense here, isn't there, that uh, the business community in your local church actually becomes part of the mission of your local church. Exactly. Well, it becomes the fruit of the outreach. It's not, a, it's not a structured church program, but by sending, and this is not just true for business people, this is true for everybody that has a gift to the marketplace, you know, you know politicians and, and, and all these kind of community leaders and not-for-profit people. Like, it's the same for all of them. Um, you know, send them out, and then the church becomes the nucleus of the whole thing, and that's what it was designed to be. But trying to bring them all in to serve the church, you end up choking um, the, the goose that lays the golden egg, and then you end up with a massive building, big debts, and then you have to, um, you know, stay small. A biblical perspective on life, culture, and current events. This is 2020 on Vision Christian Radio. Wes Hone is our guest. He's the founder of the Kingdom Business Summits. He's also author of the book Supernatural Business, 12 Practical Strategies for Bigger Profits and Greater Influence. And as we draw some loose ends together, as because we've been talking about the difference between what is a kingdom business and what is just a secular business which is doing its own thing, if we're recapping on some of those things, Wes, some of the key points, uh, what is the most, uh, the biggest priority for that Christian person who's in business to be thinking about as they're talking about a new culture for their business? I think. Um I think we should probably, I think the, the first thing is we go really high level uh, because I think if we can get that right, then everything will kind of slow down from there. So, you know, this this, this corrupt Babylon culture that we live under is, is self-interest and self-promotion. If we can if we can just grasp how does our business um, prefer others over ourselves, how do we be a resource to our community, how do we benefit others, um, so that we're going to do all the work. Uh, well, we're not. In fact, we're going to do a lot of hard work. Heaven's going to back us, and there's going to be more money than we need, and that money's going to be used 
you know, to show someone love in some way. Like if if we if we just start there, then underneath that, you know, you, you've you've got to play for the long haul. You've got to be focused on a on, on an outcome. You know, you've got to protect your family. You, you've got to look for influence. You've got to have a spiritual covering. You've got to look after your tax and, and be nice to people. Like everything underneath that will probably automatically line up if we just shot for something so much bigger. You're talking about humility, and that's not easy for a lot of people, and talking even Christian people. Uh, humility something we are often challenged with, but I imagine that when you have this sort of self-centeredness and you want to move to a others-centeredness or even Christ-centeredness, it takes humility to do that because you've got to put aside those things that have perhaps driven you up to this point uh, and actually to be conformed to the image of Christ, it takes a big shift and humility to be part of that. Definitely. Um, and the greatest way to learn humility is, is to, you know, read the Gospels. You know, watch the way Jesus walked, watch the way he spoke, and then go and get books of the, you know, the great business leaders of, you know, the modern history. And, and, and that's just a hallmark. The ones that built amazing godly businesses are the ones that exercised a huge amount of humility. And when we talk about uh, the way that we pursue business, if we're talking about godliness, sometimes people confuse niceness with goodness. And uh, when you talk about getting passionate, and uh, people can hear this when you start to describe these sorts of things, uh, the passion that you have as a business person, as a Christian, perhaps can uh, can be far beyond any sort of passion that others who are doing their own thing for their own greed purpose uh, can actually uh, can go beyond those things. How do you talk about the passion of a business person, which is not necessarily just about being nice and doing nice things, but being a person who is good? I mean, for me, I just don't know any other way than being passionate. You know, I don't know why, but I just don't know any other way. Uh, you know, the alternative would be horrible. <laughs> so, so you know, that, that's 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 all I needed as evidence. But I think, I think when you've got a bigger purpose than yourself, when you've got a bigger reason, you've got a bigger vision for the culture rather than just yourself, then it forces passion because you wake up every day with a much much bigger reason to do what you're doing, and passion just flows from that. I think it would be very hard to be passionate about, um, it'd be passionate for the long haul about just looking after yourself. That would, that would be quite hard. But when you've got something big and when you've got a clear picture of what you're trying to achieve, then I think passion is a byproduct. Wes, we're getting towards the end of another year and uh, so many people I talk to say how fast the year has flown by. Is this the time of year when you might be setting new goals, uh, making new strategies? Uh, because 2018 will be here before we know it and uh, 2018 may be gone before we know it. If you are a business person and you're thinking, what is the difference between the business that I have today and what it might be in 12 months' time, uh, what would you be advising for this time of year? Well, it's the time of year where we start to get those really nice cliché comments like, look, the Lord is doing a new thing. Uh, and he's not. He's just doing what he's always wanted to do, which is to change the culture on earth. So I think any day is a good day to make a decision to take it seriously. I don't think you've got to wait for January 1 or, or December 31. I think any day like is really, really, really important to the law when somebody says, I'm, I'm going to get full on from now. So I wouldn't be holding it off. I mean, writing a plan is, is genius. We, we all need a plan to stick to. We make all our guys, you know, two year, one year, a strict 90-day plan that they have to tick off and be accountable to. 
because without it, you just wander. Um, but in terms of actually making a decision to take it seriously, like that should be in three minutes time because, because it, it, there's just no time like getting full on right now. And if we talk about a transformation to being a, uh, a gung-ho, all-in-kingdom business, uh, if you're making that plan, I imagine that you'd be saying don't, ne- don't necessarily just make it a footnote, but actually put it up next to the heading, kingdom business, uh, as a reminder that when you come back to that plan that you are pursuing something that is bigger than yourself, that you're actually involved in the kingdom of God, and all of those things that we've been talking about this past hour. Well, for sure. I mean, I'm really glad that Jesus didn't make his ministry a footnote. He did it with 100% conviction, and he played 100% full out for his entire life. So the faith has had business people with a Christian veneer for a long, long time. And what we need now is people that throw caution to the wind, and they just go all in. And you're going to have way more success from a faith perspective, you're also going to have way more success in terms of finances and, and and influence if you just throw caution to the wind and get full on. And and by the way, none of that is really, really hard. It starts with, let's get on our knees, let's start reading our Bible, let's let's cry out to the Lord saying, I'm done doing half, let's go full, and watch what happens. It, it's no more complex than that. Okay, we're running out of time. I'll mention the Kingdom Business Summits for next year, 2018. Uh, You're on the Gold Coast in Queensland, the 1st to the 3rd of March. Now, that's at the Gold Coast Convention Centre. I imagine that's a popular one, Wes, because uh, the Gold Coast is a great place to go if you're travelling distance. Uh, You might as well uh, land on the Gold Coast and be part of a great summit there. Uh, Also, Perth, 15th to the 17th of March, Sydney, the 22nd to the 24th of March, and then you're in Melbourne, 19th to the 21st of April. And uh, and to point people to the website, and you did say that these are free Kingdom Business Summits, uh, an opportunity for Christian business people to gather together. Here's the website, kingdombusiness.com.au. That's kingdombusiness.com.au, and you do need to register because, as you said, uh, Wes, those uh, had uh, sold out in that sense, even though they're free. Uh, you had no more places left uh, earlier this year, and uh, next year is looking bigger than ever. Uh, Wes Hone, Always good getting your insights. I'll point people too to your book, Supernatural Business, 12 Practical Strategies for Bigger Profits and Greater Influence. No doubt there'll be a link on that Kingdom Business site as well, kingdombusiness.com.au. Wes, thanks for joining us again today on 2020. It's been great to be with you, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.